It is especially the verse 30 tonight that we come to. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favour with God. Fear not, Mary. Gabriel, having given to Mary a salutation, he receives no verbal response from her at all. Heaven's greeting is met with silence. I don't think I am surprised at that. When a man says hello to you, good morning, the Lord bless you, you reply with the same. Hello, good morning to you too, and blessings upon you as well. But if an angel says it, we don't know what to say. We're dumbfounded. We're surprised. We can't answer an angel. We think a lot. No doubt the cogs in the mind will be going, as it is with Mary, casting these things in her mind, what manner of salutation this is about. There'll be a lot of thinking going on in the head, but the tongue would be locked. The mouth may be open, but the mouth would not be moving and there would be no words coming out of it. So Mary's silent response, I don't think anyway, is surprising. And yet, there are thousands of things you might like to ask an angel. If a holy angel appeared, what an opportunity that would be to inquire more thoroughly about things. You might want to ask about their nature. You might want to ask how they move, how they transit, how they get about, how fast they go, how they appear, how they can manifest themselves, what they do, what heaven is like, what is the world to come like. And yet, in all the Bible, and in all occasions of angelic visits, nobody ever asks questions like that. Nobody makes inquiries. No interviews are sought. Only struck dumb and very few words indeed. Why is that? Here's Gabriel who stands in God's presence. Wow, we think of the questions you could ask him. He's come out of the most holy place. Here's an opportunity to increase your theological knowledge abundantly. And yet nobody thinks about doing that. Why is that? The answer is seen in the words of Gabriel. Fear not, Mary. When we meet angels, we are afraid. We're afraid. And we know it's a holy presence and an awesome presence. And we know not to ask. We know not to ask. We never say, oh, hello, Gabriel, nice to meet you. Good to see you. Sit down here and we'll have a nice chat about the things of God. No, that's not how it is. When heaven comes, there is no irreverence, no frivolity, nothing of lightness, no kind of an attitude. We'll have a good chat. That's not God-fearing when angels come. That's not being aware of their holiness, and that's not being aware of our unholiness and our sinfulness. Mary clearly is troubled, troubled at his saying. 
There's fear of some kind. There's some sense in her of the great awesomeness of this occasion. And of these words. It's too awesome a situation to study theology. You know, theology can become academic. This is too awesome for just academics. You sense God. And that becomes the all. And there's fear. And being awestruck. So that's what's happening here. Mary's awestruck. And we actually have here in minuscule the end of time. The last day and the judgment when we all see angels. And when we all feel the awesomeness of their presence. When heaven appears. When angels all become visible. When it's known to be the great day of the Lord. And the Lord himself returns with a shout. And the dead rise. That awesome day. All the world. Will be struck dumb. As Mary is. All the world will be silenced before God. Every man, woman and child will experience what Mary is feeling now. At this very minute. It will be more awesome even than what Mary is experiencing this very minute. Far more awesome than this. And if she's quiet. All the world will be quiet before God. What does the Bible say? Every mouth will be stopped. What does the Bible say? The iniquity of the mouth will cease. It will cease. No more talk. It's God's day. It's God's appearing. It's the glory of God revealed. And we're just struck dumb. As I was reflecting on this, I thought about the Lord Jesus and all those loud mouths around him. And the woman lying in a heap who the one had stoned. And they, they talked about all of that. And the Lord just said, whoever is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And that ended the matter. That just ended the matter wasn't another word and the oldest man there grey haired man with a white beard he turned and he quietly went out and then they all followed him from the oldest to the youngest and there was just Jesus and her the awesome sense of holiness and conviction of sin and awareness of unholiness And so there is this sense of fear in the presence of holiness. But as terrible as that day is, every Christian will hear something like this. Their name will be said, as Mary's is said. For he knows them all by name, and he calls them by name. And in that awesome day, as he calls them from the grave by name, he says, fear not. 
theory. For you have found the grace of God. You've found favour. How blessed to hear that. How blessed to know Christ. To have union to him. So he calls us forth from the grave and all the terror of that day. And says, don't you fear. You have obtained the favour of God. Through grace. Now as I thought on this, fear not, Mary. It struck me that this is a key expression in all the angelic visits in the, what we call the infancy narratives. Only Matthew and Luke record these early angelic appearances, these visits. And in them, there are four fear nots. Four fear nots, four, four different occasions. I'm talking about the 15 months or so uh, from Gabriel's visit to Zechariah in the temple until the angels appear 15 months later in Bethlehem at the birth of Christ and to the shepherds. There are four visits by angels during that 15-month period. And every visit has a fear not. A fear not. It's as if it's part of the angels' vocabulary. Every time they appear, they have to say it. God says, you make sure you tell them that. Make sure those two words are in it. With their name. Fear not. Fear not. I'll point these four occasions out. First, I'll do so in chronological order, and then then we'll make some comments. Chapter 1 of this gospel, verse 12. Whenever Zacharias saw him, that's Gabriel, he was troubled. If anyone is prepared for this and dressed right for this and has the right instruments for this, the incense, it's Zacharias. And yet here he is, he sees an angel and fear fell upon him. And the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias. There you have it. The first fear not, Zacharias. Your prayer is heard. Your wife Elizabeth will have a son you have to call him John. And then the next occurrence is, of course, in our text, about six months later, fear not Mary. The third occurrence is in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 1. It is to Joseph. Mary is espoused to Joseph before they come together. She's with child. Verse 19 Then Joseph, he knows about this. Either she's told him or she's becoming visible. I I would suggest she's told him. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded just to put her away privily. But when he thought on these things, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take Mary. Fear not. I bring you the information and the knowledge that she's having the child of the Holy Spirit. She's been faithful and is pure. You'll call him Jesus. Don't be afraid to take her. Don't be afraid to call the child Jesus. Don't be afraid to take him as an adoptive son into your family. You're a son of David, Joseph. And so is this Jesus. 
The last was at Bethlehem, of course, in the hill country. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. The shepherds are in the field. The angel of the Lord came upon them. The glory of God is shining round about them. Sore afraid. Not an ordinary fear. But sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Don't, don't be afraid. So, all these four accounts at the start of the evangel. So, these four fear nots. The first thing that I point out about these is that they all come from angels. Two, definitely from the mouth of Gabriel. We're not sure who the angel is on the other two occasions. It just says it's an angel of the Lord. It could be Gabriel. It may not be. But it doesn't really matter. They're all angels. They all have the, the same script. They all know to say, fear not. Heavens, fear not to men. So it comes from God. It comes from heaven. And it's part of the script. Make sure you calm their fears, you angels. And then the second thing is the variety of the people that they come to. Because there's an old man, Zacharias, he's the old man. And then there's a young maiden, a young virgin, just a young girl. And then there's an older man, Joseph. We assume Joseph is an older man, probably considerably older, of the house of David. And then there are working shepherds. So there's quite a variety of people here. And every one of them has to hear the same, fear not. And there are different places. Wherever these angels go, whether it's to Jerusalem, whether it's up in the north to Nazareth, or whether it's down in the south to Bethlehem, they have to use the same words. Whatever the person, whatever the place, always the same. Don't be afraid. They were in various ways told this. Three, it seems, were personal encounters. And manifestation of the angel. One was in a dream, which is as real as a manifestation whenever God comes to you in a dream. And they were very personal. The name is always said, with the exception of the shepherds, because there's a group of shepherds, we don't know how many of them, their names may have been said, but it's not recorded. But where there were personal encounters, it become very personal and the names were known, the names were named because the angel wants to comfort them. It shows personal familiarity with them and personal familiarity with their fears and wanting to personally comfort them. And putting all of this together, we learn several things. And the first is that angels know fear is a big problem amongst humanity. Angels know that fear amongst men is universal. They know that every time they meet men, they're going to be afraid. Mankind is terrified. Men are in fear all the time. Men's hearts fail them for fear, and angels know this. They know this. They're not Stupid beings, angels, they're very knowledgeable beings. 
And whenever they come and make their visits on the earth and observe all that they see, one thing they observe is the terror that people have. The phobias that possess them and control them. They feel that that's the thing that dominates humanity. And so it has to be noted that they cannot appear, but they have to say that. And that's what we're being taught here tonight. This is what heaven thinks about people on our planet, that they are fearful people. And it's true. We are fearful people. We have all fears. It's universal. I suggest that's why there's four of them. Because north, south, east and west, four is a number of universality. The four corners of the earth, the four points of the compass, universal. North, south, east and west, everywhere you go, every place, whatever man, that's why it's an old man, a young girl, ordinary working people, a qualified priest. It's all the same. Wherever and whoever angels come to see and encounter, they are afraid. And the gospel comes to a world of fear. And it's not just wicked and unconverted that are afraid. It's not just the worst of sinners that are afraid. It is saints too. These are the best in the world people that I'm talking about tonight. These are the most decent people that you will find in Israel. And they're afraid. Zacharias, the Bible tells us that he and Elizabeth were both righteous before God. They were righteous, upright people. They were utterly conscientious. They walked blamelessly in the commandments of God and the ordinances and yet Zacharias sees an angel and he's terrified. And Joseph, he's a just man. A very just man. Fear not, Joseph. He has fears. And Mary is the same. And the shepherds, they're, they're used to wild animals and, you know, thieves and troublemakers and work in the night. Encounter many things in the night, no doubt, but the glory of the Lord about an angel. And they're sore afraid. Good, decent people. And fear comes. And we be the same in the presence of sinlessness and holiness. Now fear comes with sin. That's how it entered into the world, with sin. Because Adam and Eve, they sinned, they fell, and what did they do? They hid themselves. The first emotion, the new feeling, was fear. They heard God coming, and off they went and hid in the trees. God calls, where are you? Why won't you not show yourself? We heard you, and were afraid. They admitted it. They didn't know what that was before the fall. They had no fear before the fall. They had no dread of God before the fall. They didn't even have a dread of the serpent. Satan himself. 
No dread. Utterly innocent. Utterly trusting in God. Utterly believing that they were, as it were, protected there. No fear. No sense of danger in their innocence. But all of that is gone. And now men's hearts are failing because of fear. As I said, all kinds of phobias. Mankind lives in fears. In fact, heaven calls us the fearful. The fearful. The reasons for these fears, they are innumerable. And I'm not even going to list one of them. Because that's not my intention tonight. I'm just reminding you of the universality of it. It'll be all the fears and that the angels know this. They know this. The second thing is not only the knowledge of this characteristic of mankind, the second thing is they care about it. They have kindness concerning it. They have some kind of sympathy that makes them want to say, Don't be afraid, Maria. Don't be afraid, Joseph. That's kindness. That's love. They love us as humankind. They are the ministers to the heirs of salvation. They minister to those who are God's people. And they know that we are afraid. And they lovingly take that on board. And do their bit to endeavor to counteract it. In whatever ways they are allowed. And they are allowed to do that in many ways. Many ways. They have to deal with our fears. They surround the saints. They often protect us from our fears. They deliver the saints. They intervene in their lives. And it's concerning things that would be terrifying to them. That would cause them fear and dread. They, they, they know all of this. They work to deliver us from our fears. Because the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. And delivereth them. He delivers them from their fears. So th- this is the area that they work in. They come into our fearful situations. So they're very aware, and what I'm saying is they care, they care. They're kind beings. They're awesome, terrible, mighty, holy. They are kind. And they rescue and they deliver and they bring us out of our fears and they intervene and minister comforts and they send comforters along our path and they they organize their workers in God's providence arranging and ordering things in ways that we have no idea and won't know until eternity it's not only mankind of course that fears it affects the fallen angels too they're terrified too but heaven has no help from them No demon ever heard, fear not, 
no grace. But they're always coming to the help of men. Because they know there's grace for men. So they care. They know also, thirdly, that, that in some respects they heighten and enlarge our fears. They are aware of this. They are aware that they are scary to us because of unholiness in us. Angels are aware how awesome they appear to us and how they are in our sight. And they know we tremble at the sight of them and that their glory overpowers us. Even though it is a creature glory, it is still so much like unto God's glory. Uh, They have to say as they become visible, don't be afraid. They have to put our minds at rest. And I suppose that's one reason why they usually remain invisible. Because we couldn't cope in our present state. They do their work therefore mainly concealed and hidden. Because appearing in might and holiness would terrify people. You know that that was the case at the grave of our Lord. There was a great earthquake. The angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled the stone. Rolled back the stone from the door and he sat upon it. And his countenance, the Bible says, was like lightning. And his raiment was as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. They couldn't even run away. They were so terrified. They just have to appear. Just sit on the stone, you angel. And that's just enough. Awesome. Terrible. They're the ones with the weapons, with the shields and the swords and the spears. But they're like stone. So angels are sensitive to this. And they don't want to startle us and frighten us. And if they must appear, they're very quick to say, fear not, and put our minds at rest. The demons are the complete opposite, I can tell you. They want to terrify us. They heighten our fears. They heighten our dread. They magnify the terror. They blow it up out of all proportion. They drive men to despair. They drive men to suicide. They drive men into eternity in fear and terror. But not these gentle beings that minister to the heirs of salvation. And the last thing is that they know how to treat our fears and how to drive them away. Heaven has the answer for our fears, you see. That's what all these appearances are telling us. And when they have the opportunity, the angels, they tell us how our fears are removed and banished and why it is that we need not fear. Because they don't just say fear not. They add reasons. They go on. They explain it. They show the basis of it. Fear not Mary. You find favor with God. They know how to comfort. Not just a bland fear not. You know. No, they, they, they know 
They don't always have the opportunity to, to do this, of course. Just they were given special opportunity at the start of the evangel. But it's not the ordinary way of comforting us. The ordinary way of comforting us is preaching. The comforters of the word, the ministers of the gospel, they're the angels now in the churches who by the word of God comfort the people of God and assure the people of God of the forgiveness of their sins and of their union to Jesus Christ. It's preachers who drive away the fears now with the word of God and it's ourselves as we comfort one another and exhort one another daily from the word of God. This is now the the ordinary means of driving away our fears and comforting our hearts and building us up in comfort and assurance. As Paul said, comfort one another with these words. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together, brethren, and edify one another. Comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient to everyone. And God says to the prophets, comfort ye, Comfort ye my people, speak comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that the war is finished and that sin is dealt with. So the the ordinary way of comfort is the ministers and ourselves, one another, using the word. God's usual way. But at the coming of Christ, the start of the gospel, the beginning of the evangel, the angels were allowed to come and to start that business and to show preachers how they can continue to carry it on in the name of the Lord. And so angels were allowed to play a part at the start of the comfort. They were allowed to address human fears in these four situations. They were allowed to say, fear not, and bring the word. They actually brought the gospel. Angels don't normally preach the gospel, but at the start here, they were allowed to do that. They brought the word of God. They're showing us heaven wants to drive your fears away. Heaven has given you the message whereby your fears can be driven away. And this is what it is. The advent of Christ. His coming. The incarnation and appearing of the Son of the Highest, Jesus, who saves from sin. This is it. You don't have to be afraid anymore. You don't have to be filled with dread anymore. We're the bringer in of good news unto all people. This is what they say. They're telling us why we shouldn't be feared. Heaven has come about all our fears through Jesus Christ. And the angels are announcing this. And that's what this annunciation is all about. You have it in our very text. Fear not, Mary. You've found the grace of God. The grace of God has found you. God's grace. You don't have to be afraid, sinner. The son of the highest, Jesus. And to Joseph it was the same, fear not. 
To bring forth a son, his name will be called Jesus. He'll save his people from their sins. So Joseph, don't be afraid to take her. Don't let that alarm you. Don't worry about what people think. She's bearing the Savior. She's bearing one who will deal with your sins, who will bring you into the glories of heaven. Don't be afraid. Oh, the angel just hits it on the head, the nail, dealing with the fears and the only way that they can be dealt with, Jesus, Christ, the Savior. And it's the same to the shepherds, they're so afraid. But don't be afraid. There's born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Don't be afraid. We bring you good news, we bring you glad tidings of peace and joy to all the peoples of the earth. Don't be afraid. It's good news. We haven't come to bring you before the white throne. We haven't come to usher you into the lake of fire. We've come to tell you of a saviour. Don't be afraid. And it's the same to us and it's the same to you. You can put your name in here. Fear not and put your name in. Put your name in by faith. By trust and confidence in the message of the angels. Fear not. You need not fear. No, not at all. Just trust. You need not fear rejection. You have acceptance in Christ. You need not fear not being heard in prayer. You have access through Christ to the throne of grace. You need not fear dying tomorrow and leaving this world. You have him who is the resurrection and the life. You need not fear your past sins and your guilt because he saves his people from their sins and that includes its guilt. You need not dread the holiness and awesomeness of God. Yes, have reverence. Yes, have godly fear, but not Slavish terror. So listen and believe the heavenly message. Don't fear. You have Christ. You have acceptance. He has come for you. He has lived for you. He has died for you. He is risen for you. He has ascended for you. And at the right hand of Almighty God, in the majesty on high, he intercedes for you. And he's coming again for you. Fear not. Fear not. As many as received him, they became the children of God. You have received him. Fear not.